Okay. I um, I am, man, I'm at least fourth generation apostolic Pentecostal. Um, I was I was uh, raised in a pastor's home. My grandfather was um, 48 years old when he passed away. He was uh, the pastor of the church my dad now is senior pastor of. And um, when my dad was 26, I believe it was, he took the church. And so I was raised pretty much in a pastor's home. I'm uh, 33 years old, so it's been it's been most of my life. And uh, and at 17 years old, God called me to preach. And uh, a little less than a year ago, I went full time here at the church as the associate pastor. And God has blessed us. And and I was able. I owned and operated uh, two barber shops and ended up selling out and went full time here at the church. And so we we had actually diminished down to one shop and then um, about a year and went part time at the church. And then about a year ago, I actually sold out on the other one and went full time here. And it's been the best thing I've ever done. I'm excited about it. So I'm full time associate pastor here at First Pentecostal. And uh, what city is this in? This is in Union City, Tennessee, and uh, we started. Some uh, some people that may have known, known knew my grandfather. We started. We live right on the Kentucky-Tennessee state line, and the church uh, moved across the state line uh, about seven years ago. God woke my father up in the middle of the night and and uh, began to speak to him about a relocation, and and we moved 13 miles across the state line, and since then we have seen dramatic growth and. And so God's been very, very good to us. What is the uh, the population there at Union City? Uh, Union City has about 10,000 people. It's a fairly small town. We come from a town of about 3,000. Wow. Okay, I never knew it was that size. I thought, wow, that's 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 a, mm-hmm. a, a little... Are you guys... Is your church mostly made up of people there within Union City, or is there a ton of little cities that you're reaching outside of it? There's several, several small towns around us, and even some larger, larger towns. This is kind of a nucleus town. Um, we have there is a, uh, I, I, as of recent, we have Discovery Park of America, which is kind of a tourist area that's in behind our church. It's, it's kind of a nucleus for a lot of smaller towns. So we have, man, I would say, I would say probably 150 of our members don't even live in Union City. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Wow! So yeah, it's, it's definitely it's definitely pulls from the air. We've got bus routes that go into we got a bus route that go we got two bus routes that goes into two cities in Kentucky, and uh, one, two, three, four, four other cities here in West Tennessee. So it's it's definitely a nucleus for the area, as well as several that go into the town here. So, so as so we've got. We've got a large population we reach out to, but the actual city is it's almost 11,000, I think, 10,700 and something, something of that nature. Wow. That, that's, uh, it's you know, it's so different from life out here in California where all the cities are are very large and, and densely populated. Right, right. <laughs> our, our traffic jam is if the cows are out or something, you know, we have a traffic jam. <laughs> Well, as you yes, know, sir. and uh, you listen to a lot of our episodes, you know that um, we try to make a big focus on uh, teaching home Bible studies. And um, mm-hmm. you teach several home Bible studies, and we even talked on the phone yesterday. There's a couple of outdoor Bible studies you uh, you teach, uh, or, you know, uh, not necessarily just in homes, but 
outside the home. But if you could, why don't you paint a little picture for us about um, what your ministry, your your Bible study ministry looks like. So you obviously, uh, you, you probably preach a lot there at the local church that's, you know, behind the pulpit. But we want to see, mm-hmm. I, I want to try to, I want to try to paint a picture of what your ministry looks like from uh, outside the pulpit, teaching Bible studies on a weekly basis. How, how many do you teach right now a week? Um, I've got 14 students and six Bible studies. Some of these Bible studies have uh, multiple people in them, but I've got 14 students with six Bible studies going currently. Wow. And um, are those morning Bible studies, evening, afternoon? Um, I've got, uh, actually I've got, I've got, and then when I say 14, that can vary week to week. One of those Bible studies is actually held in the lobby of a, uh, of a, probably the largest apartment complex in our town. It's a very, very low income apartment complex. And I've got permission to go in there two times a week and host a Bible study. And I only counted one as a student because I've got one one man that's always there. But I've got several that come in and out. It's 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 almost like street ministry. And uh, I teach it there in the lobby. And we'll sing a couple songs. It's 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 almost like a little service setting. But that's that's every Monday and Friday at eleven o'clock. And then. Uh, I've got a, uh, I've got two evening Bible studies every Monday. I've got one at six o'clock, and it's, uh, it's two. Uh, it's actually, it's pretty cool. I'm on a lesson. Uh, I'm actually on the last lesson of Search for Truth with them. And last week, a new lady that they had brought to church through this 13-week process. These are, these are new people that started coming to our church. They've actually invited somebody that lives in the area with them to church. She came a couple weeks ago, received the Holy Ghost, was baptized. Well, she showed up last week at my Bible study, and it just so happened I was, I was right in the middle of the Acts of the Apostles. So it, it was a good starting point for her. And uh, she was there again last night. So I, I've added three to that Bible study. So what we're going to do is when we finish next week, I'm going to start right back at the front and work my way back through Search for Truth for this lady. And these people are going to sit back through it with her. And um, I've got different ones I teach, but but she has no knowledge of God. So I enjoy Search for Truth. That's, of course, I kind of, I kind of, everybody has a different way of teaching it, you know, but I, I kind of have to, you know, you know, adjusted a little here and there to, to fit my needs but it's been really good for me and uh then on tuesdays i uh, I, I worked i owned and operated two barbershops for years so i i have a uh I'm, I'm used to dealing with the public and it become part of my life i enjoy it i enjoy mingling with people so i tried to make my job here at the church of that same nature i wanted to come in and basically clock in and and work you know that's kind of the way i i i and you know envision ministry and uh, and so what i do is uh, I, I, I schedule these throughout the week i've got one when I hang up on the phone here today, I'm going to have to. I'm going to one of our neighboring cities. I've got a Bible study there with three uh, three people, and then at one o'clock, I've got another Bible study with an elderly man. And uh, tomorrow at twelve o'clock, I have a, another Bible study in a neighboring city in Kentucky at twelve o'clock. 
and uh, and then Friday, I uh, Thursday's kind of my uh, if I need a day off, I kind of take it off on Thursday. Thursday's kind of my day that I can kind of kind of adjust. I really there's a lot more there's a lot more work that's in building a new building, and there's just a lot of lot of logistics that's going on here at the church. We've got like. I think we've got 14 church vans, and so we've got we've got a lot of maintenance and things that I have to do as well as these Bible studies. So Thursday's kind of my day to get everything done, and then Friday I, I go back to that apartment complex and host that Bible study at 11. And then you know a lot of times there might be a preaching engagement or somewhere I have to be on Friday evening, so it works out. It's an early Bible study, and then Saturday we do we do old-fashioned door knocking every Saturday. We go out and knock doors on Saturday and. And then, uh, you know, Paul plants, Apollos waters, God gives the increase. So Sunday, we usually have six, seven, eight people get the Holy Ghost. So <laughs> it's a great, it's a great thing. Uh, I mean, it, I'm just, it's, it's, it's wonderful. And so we, we, that's, that's kind of my grind. And of course, I don't do all this on my own. Last night, we had a new converts class going on the same time I was teaching Bible study, and there was probably 15 people in the new converts class by a, a local minister in our church he was teaching that wow. at six o'clock yesterday evening we had a drug and alcohol rehabilitation class going on and so we had all together within our city there was probably 30 people that was fairly new converts that got some form of bible study just yesterday wow. so it was it was it was a big day at fpc and that's a typical monday that's that's pretty much a monday monday's the grind day for me yeah. so I uh, I should I should take Monday off and reschedule everything to Tuesday. I'm usually wore out after Sunday, but it just kind of it kind of worked out that way. Yeah. When I was part time at the church, Monday was one of my working days, so I kind of my days kind of got scheduled pretty tight on Monday. Yeah. So now that I'm full time, I could flex that out a little bit. But so that's that's kind of that's kind of what I've got going right now. Uh, so let me ask you this: How old were you the first time you ever preached? I was seventeen. Did you, uh, did you teach a Bible study first or preach first? You know, I, 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 when I, I, to be honest with you, as far as home Bible studies, things of that nature, I didn't. I worked with uh, teenage Sunday school. I was, my dad, my dad was a big advocate of me. And even to this day, we've got several ministers here within the church. And, and uh, he pushes us to be active in ministry outside the building before we can be active in the pulpit. And uh, and so I was I was active, but as far as home Bible studies, I had been around my parents teaching them. But I, I had taught home Bible studies within a Sunday school setting right. and a youth service settings, but not really a home Bible study where I went to someone's home. No, sir, I didn't. So, and, and so I was. What prompted you to start teaching home Bible studies? What happened? Man, I you know to be honest. Hearing, hearing results, seeing results, uh, you know, as a result of my parents through the years, and then I, I began to see this on a magnified level with other preachers. I, I'll be honest with you, there was, there was preachers like uh, people I don't even know that I, I found audio, uh, audio. Um, CDs and or audio versions of them preaching and teaching on Bible. Merle Cornwell, I think's his name. Yeah, man, he's. I've idolized him at a distance for years, and I don't even know the guy. He right, wouldn't know yeah. me if I walked here right now. And uh, um, I've heard stories of, and this is something that's really inspired me as I've went full-time here at the church. Um, 
I'm friends with Cody Marks, and Cody Marks told me, he said, man, Barry Sutton preaches Bible, teaches Bible studies every day like, like it's a regular job. Yeah, and I don't even guy. really know Barry Sutton, to him, but I don't really know Brother Barry Sutton. But stuff, stuff like that has inspired me. I'm like, hey, if these guys are doing it, I can do it too. And then, of course, these podcasts and, and what you and um, – I forget his name. Keith, uh, Keith uh, yeah. I haven't met him yet. Yeah, the brother. other guy on the podcast with yeah. Keithley, is that right? Yeah, yeah, brother Keithley. Yeah. Okay, okay. You and brother Keithley's doing, man. It's it's inspiring to me, and and these these podcasts have been have been amazing. It's helped it's helped me adjust how I teach these Bible studies and things of that nature, and and I, I love them. So yeah, you guys, you know, Nathaniel Hirsch and Tony Spell, different ones that I've heard stories from has has been an inspiration and a lot of these guys you know i'm i don't know them on a very very personal level but but i do enjoy hearing the stories and so i'm like hey you know if they've got a story i can create a story so i just stay active Mm -hmm. i stay active at it and i treat it just like i treated my barbershops i think it was I, i run those barbershops Oh man, I'll be 34. So man, I had those barbershops right at right at 13 years, 12 and a half years. Wow! And so I, I went straight to barber college, and I was it was customer based. I was always working to build new business, and so I do the same with the Bible study, and we do it even with our bus ministry. And so it's it's just kind of who I've become. So it's I I try to use that same energy I used in the business world, and I had two very good businesses, and I try to use that same energy for the kingdom of God. What did your what did your first Bible study look like when you finally when you finally said okay I'm gonna grab a chart and I'm gonna I'm gonna get out there what what did that look like what was do you remember your first Bible study Yeah I, I do remember and it was um it was it was actually in my home um it's been several years ago I was I was already married but but I do remember it I do and I remember it I remember the rewarding feel that I had by teaching the Bible study it was it was it was very rewarding to me and for my wife it was it was a man and a woman and they they at the time they wasn't married but was I think engaged it was a new new family that had been started coming to our church and I was young and and I will tell you, teaching Bible study, um, teaching Bible study will teach you as much as it does the student. True, if, true. I mean, yeah. if you teach them right, you know. And uh, so being a young minister, it was just as good for me to make me study the Bible as it was for that for that couple. So, yeah, I do. It was very rewarding. It was. So now we, uh, of course, we're on the West Coast and very much the West Coast. And, uh, you know, you live in a very different uh, neck of the woods and they you know I, I know where you live you know everyone's I imagine I don't know how it is precisely in Union City but in my travels throughout America um, you know there's certain regions of America where just everybody's saved and uh, of course I've, I've often thought man it would be really hard to evangelize out here because um, everybody's saved and so, is is it like that in Union City? Everybody's already saved. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, it is. It um, you have to you have to well, you have to unsave them with wisdom before you can save them, and uh, or, or show them truth. And and that's and, and I don't know. Everybody in the South may not deal with this, but I would be safe to say, eighty uh, percent of my Bible studies are coming from from a uh, from a from a denominate a denominational church of some sort. Really, and uh, so I'm not teaching a lot of uh, 
uh, agnostic, atheist. You know, I'm not teaching a lot of that. I'm teaching people that that believe in God, and um, and it's it's more of a uh, a lot of them has come to our services through um, you know outreach endeavors, and they've come, they felt something, knew something was real. And they was like, hey, I'm not feeling this at my church, so I want to know about this. And and that opens the door for truth. However, I never I never push my own ideas. I always just quote, this is the Bible speaking, you know. I don't want them to think that this is this is my own thoughts or this is my own ideas because they've heard that all their life. And so I just let the Bible speak for me. And I, I clarify that when teaching these people. I'm like, this is not me. This is the Bible, and I will read the words of God, you know, words of Jesus. And yeah. and um, and I downplay. It's just something that, that I've had to do, and, um, I mean, I'm young, so I, I may be totally wrong, but I downplay denominational titles. I'm like, man, I'm just a Bible believer. You can call me what you want to call me. I just believe the Bible. Yeah, no, that's and, good. Uh, I tell them, I said, I'm just, you know, we're, we're Pentecost in experience, apostolic in our doctrine, but you can call me what you want to call me. I never express denominations to mean anything other than a title on a sign. Yeah. And I just, I just let them know, hey, I'm, I'm a, I preach the Bible. And, uh, and, and that's, that's, that's how I, I, I portray it. That's just the words of God speaking to us. And this ain't about a title that's over a door. Because what, what happens, at least in our area, and there may be people from the south that listens and like, man, this ain't what's happening here. But we're in a rural area. So what happens here is they're like, well, this one was this denomination or this one was this denomination. And, and I, I just don't understand because of this and this. And they was good people. So I never, down, I, you know, I never downplay denomination on their end, but I do downplay it on my end. I'm like, hey, I, you know. Whatever you want to call yourself, that's fine. I'm just going to teach you what Jesus said. I'm going to teach you what the apostles said. I'm going to teach you what the Bible says. And 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 instead of putting it, I just let the word speak. I don't. I don't. I try not to put it in my own words. I just let the word speak. Yeah. And and when the word speaks, you can't argue with the word. So. What are you doing? Um, and I know this is kind of a tough question, but what do you what are you doing when they're sitting in the Bible study? They're getting that that revelation moment where they know they got to be baptized in Jesus name and if they don't have it get the uh, receive the holy ghost but what do you do in that awkward moment when it dawns on them that uh okay grandma obviously never experienced this and she was a good you know christian or whatever um do you get asked that a lot uh like uh, I do what about I my do grandma? and, and... You know? Right, and, and, it, and it's a, it's a it's a very awkward spot, and then I go right back to once again. This is not me. This is not me telling you this. This is the Word of God, and uh, you know, he he bore our sins. He he can bear this too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like this is God speaking. This ain't me, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and so I just always throw it back to the Word of God because I don't want them to get a a, a personal vendetta against me for something that I didn't say. The Word said it, you yeah. know. And so I always just reflect back to the word. Is there a and, 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 scripture and, you, know, you go to? I, what's that? Is there a particular scripture you always go to in that moment? 
Well, it's depending on the topic. It could be a variation. It could be, well, this one never spoke with tongues. They didn't believe in tongues, but they was good people. Or this one wasn't baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. So depending on the topic will depend usually on the scripture, you know, or this one believed in the Trinity or, you know, whatever, you know. So it just, it really depends on the topic. And I will just address that question. And they will, you know, Grandpa, he was a good man. He paid his tithe, but, but he said tongue talkers just wasn't right. Or, or he was never baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, or whatever it is. So I will just take whatever it is that that they are. So that means they're going to be lost. And I'm just like, well, you know, I just, I just, I don't, I don't tell you my opinion. I just tell you scripture, and, yeah. you know. And I try to address it. And, and it's never been really super awkward. I've seen, it, I've seen it. I've got a guy that he, uh, he, we, we want him from the assemblies of God, and it has the the, the facts of knowing that. He had family that was dying lost, even though they was going to a church that, you know, of course, taught partial truth. <laughs> you know, it, it ignited something in him to want to spread the gospel of, of, of Jesus' name, baptism, the oneness of the Godhead, to his family and to his church. And he's currently teaching home Bible studies to Assembly of God kids within the church via Skype and the Internet because their parents won't let them meet. They've kind of – he's a young guy. He's, he's a college-age student. And when he left the church, he was real involved with missions and things of that nature. Wow. But he he seen the oneness of the Godhead, and uh, by doing so, he's trying to he's trying to enter secretly into the lives of the other kids there because he feels that there's a there's a heaviness on him to wow. to let people know because he realizes people are dying lost. So. Wow. So yeah. It's, so, so that's that's kind of you know just. It, it's, it does happen, and it is, it is awkward. It definitely is. So let me ask you this. You, um, you, you're, of course, um, your, your, your ministry has been continually growing, expanding, and uh, even now continues to, um, to grow. Your, your ministerial responsibilities there at the local church, and uh, you're, you're juggling Bible studies, and, and there's just... There's obviously just a lot of spiritual and numerical growth and and uh, and all these things. But um, looking back on it now, uh, why why do you believe it would be so important for an aspiring minister? So, for an aspiring young minister to teach home Bible studies, what you know, you're now probably preaching more than ever. Um, not just there at the local church, but abroad. Um, your experience teaching home Bible studies, how, how has it fed into that? And um, maybe even paint a picture for us of what you might, what you think you would look like had you never taught home Bible studies uh, and, and, and maybe just had a pulpit ministry. Um, right. W w talk to us a little bit about that. Well, coming coming from someone that's that's third and fourth generation Pentecost, it can become it can become very uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You 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 just you don't realize it, but you're living this simply because you was raised in this, and there is no real revelation. And revelation continues to come to me as I teach the word daily. And I've heard you mention this even in in some of the podcasts. I, I'm steadily getting revelation, and revelation comes as a result of teaching home bible study yeah. and so what i think is important for these especially um 
aspiring preachers that was raised in truth is that, you know, my mom and dad taught me the Bible. We, we studied the Bible at home. You know, it was a part of our life. But the real fundamentals of truth and knowing the differences in, in uh, denomination and creed and different, you know, it, it has been helpful for me to really dig this out and learn it for myself. And, and I realized, you know, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of study material out there. There's a lot of study. Uh, there's a lot of things that you can do to, to, to help your knowledge in the Word. But basically, if you just study the Word of God as a whole, you will learn more than you could ever learn. And, and that's what Bible studies has caused me to do as a minister, is to not only, not only am I expanding my ministry uh, into the lives of others, but I'm expanding a personal uh, depth to my study time because it's, it's caused me to study the Word of God more. And um, and then on the flip side, I think everybody, you know, we 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 have a principle here. You know, God's not gonna. God's it's kind of like um, it's kind of like a uh, um, a, a government program is not going to allow you to adopt children if you can't take care of the children you have. And so, Bible studies within the body of the local church is and I and like I said this is things I've heard addressed already on these podcasts but it becomes a form of um it becomes a form of discipleship um that and discipleship is so important you know if you can get somebody in a in a 15 20 week 52 week bible study man that's discipleship every week or every other week that's that's working with them that's uh that's follow-ups. That's that's everything you can get in one. Which I think preachers within the local church and even even you know anybody that's that's important for the growth of the kingdom. And so you're getting so much in one. And with me, um, I'm realizing more and more my time is so limited. So it allows me to personally connect with new converts. It allows me. I've got a guy that if we were supposed to do it last night, it didn't work out. But I've got a guy in my Bible studies that I'm baptizing next week. He received the Holy Ghost at home a couple weeks ago. Hadn't even been to our church yet, but he's coming to Bible study. So it's allowing me to connect with people that don't even go to church in a very personal way. And he's calling me for advice. He's calling me. He called me uh, Saturday, I think it was, wanting to know about a job situation. So I've kind of turned into his pastor just by him coming to Bible study, you know. And so there's so many different elements that come to come to play with ministry that I think is important. The definition of preach, if I'm not mistaken, I think I Googled this one time, but the legit definition of preach is to declare the gospel to unbelievers. Wow. And pulpit ministry, 90% of pulpit ministry is to believers. And so I believe that it is, at least for our ministers, I push the fact, you find you a place and preach to unbelievers. And the definition of preach could be done in the Walmart parking lot, under an awning somewhere, in somebody's living room. And so if you're going to be a preacher, at least in our church, we've got to see, we've got to see some, we've got to see some action before you get behind what God has ordained for our church, the pulpit God's ordained for the leadership of this church. And so we're, so we're seeing that, and we're seeing that in a variety of ways. We've got jail ministry, prison ministry, which is none other than Bible studies, and we're seeing results. We're seeing people come after they get out of jail and prison. And so we're seeing this with our local ministers. And um, so I definitely feel that as, as, a, as a young minister of some, you know, before we ever plan to preach in the pastor's pulpit, we are to find our own pulpit. And, and wherever that may be, it may be in the back corner of a McDonald's. It may be in somebody's living room. But the declaration of the gospel has to be preached. So yeah, that, we, we, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, no, it does. You know, we made a big deal ourselves about making sure to give teaching Bible studies or, you know, preaching a Bible study, if you would. Uh, we we made sure, at least, and I think you probably heard us talk about it, that for us, we felt that that did have some equal footing with preaching behind the pulpit. We felt like that was just as important and as vital to not only the development of an individual, but of a church. We, we yeah, so I, I, I'm definitely on board with what you're saying. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, There's so many different variables that, that just, it brings life to your ministry. Man, it, it's rewarding. You know, there's there's so many different things. I, I was telling somebody this week, and it's actually the guy that I'm, I'm that does one of our discipleship classes, and I'm, saying, I'm like, man, I love bus ministry. Bus ministry has really helped our church. But I said, there's an equal, there's an equal line there. I said, I love Bible studies. It's they're equally just as important to me. I, I love to, I love to just, I love to see truth light up in people, and it's just, it's a feeling of, of satisfaction. I love it. Let me ask you this: if and and it probably it might even sound like a little bit of a of a of a down of a downer of a question, but what do you think? What do you think will happen? So, you know, the, the apostolic movement is still uh, very much an expanding, growing, uh, you know, movement. Now, we know it's we know it's never we know it's never gone away. It's always been around since, you know, Acts chapter two. But in more modern times, we see that it's it's one of the fastest growing movements. It's it's constantly expanding in different ways. But um, I would venture to say that a lot of that has to do with, um, uh, you know, our, you know, apostolic Pentecostal people uh, willing to get out there and, and disciple and teach Bible studies. And that has been a go-to method of growth for years for, for, mm-hmm. for, for apostolic Pentecostals. So what, what, what do you think would happen if this next generation of young preachers, um, or, or why do you think it's so important for this next generation of young preachers to really to really get a hold of this teaching Bible studies and and not just not just having a pulpit ministry but also having um, you know this this you know behind the scenes ministry right you know anybody anybody can invite somebody to church and just like anybody can have a baby. But it's up to it's up to the mother, which is the church. The Bible says, "But Jerusalem, the mother of us all, the church." It's up to us to nurture that baby, and we desire the sincere milk of the word. And so, I feel that if we are ever going to preserve the next generation of apostolics, we have got to feed them the word of God. Yeah. It's it's you know people's birthing them every Sunday. But are we feeding them once we birth them? And uh, and even even if they haven't been birthed, you know you need to you need to set things in order for the for the birthing. And that's where Bible studies with, with people that don't even come to church. You're getting you're, you're building the playpens. You're getting the, you're, you're you're making the bottle. You're getting it ready for a birth. You know, and, uh, and and so I believe that of course the church will die if 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 we are not feeding the birth. I mean, feeding feeding the, the baby, and uh, and they desire the sincere milk of the word. They desire they want to know, and if you know, 
um, good singing, polished preaching, that'll only get you so far. Yeah. But it, it, it's the Word of God that's going to that's gonna take this to another generation. Because the Word will never change. It's forever settled. And so when we put the Word in these people, then it, it's like me. I'm not going to be moved by some new wave because I've got the Word down deep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's I believe that's why we're seeing preachers. And, and it's sad. I'm a young man, 32 years old. I'm still wet behind the ears. I don't know it all. But it sickens me to see preachers that just they follow every every new fad or every new movement, and, yeah. and they just and they fall into false doctrine. And I believe it's because they never, never, never really saturated and absorbed the Word of God. But the Word's the same, and you know there might be new ways and new eras, but the Word's forever settled. That's and so I believe I believe if 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 we're going to survive another another generation, we've got to have men that goes beyond and I, I'll be I'll be honest with you and uh, I mean here's the deal I'm not I've got a good church I'm not looking for a place to preach so right. you know what I'm saying right, right, I'm just right. throwing this out there God's blessed me but what we've got to get beyond um, and I do it I have people that that follow my social media to want to see what we're doing and, and I, so I, I update my social media on outreach endeavors or Bible studies occasionally but we've got to get beyond um, photo ops and yeah. we've got to get beyond, you know, uh, that that 10-minute-a-week photo op to, to show show the world or show show our social media friends that we're doing something for God. But we've got to get into the grime of people's real lives and work when nobody's seeing us work. We've got to work when nobody knows we're working. We've got to be active 24-7 if we are to be, be the ministers that God's called us to be. That's that's. <laughs> that's my thoughts from the cheap seats, I guess. <laughs> no, man, that's great. Well, thank you so much for this time. And, um, you know, uh, what, what, one last question. Now, you said you ran two barbershops, right? So uh -huh. um, would you mind settling the debate, uh, Andes or Walls? <laughs> Definitely Andes. <laughs> no. You know, you know. To be honest with you, whenever I I, I shut, my, I've used them both. I started my I started my career with Andy's, and uh, <laughs> but I actually finished it with Wall. All right. And uh, Andy's the, the process with Andy's is the clipper gets too hot, and so I, I don't want to. You know, my hands get to burning. So Wall's got the cheap plastic clipper and your guards on it, so your hands don't get too hot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm quite but, uh, the uh, the barbershop. Hey, you've got a good haircut too, man. I've noticed that. You yeah, know, no, I, I can tell you good barbershop. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, man, you you and Randy Williams, y'all y'all are the y'all are the barber people of, of Pentecost. You know, I, I notice your haircuts; they're, they're nice and crisp. So y'all representing barbers, y'all representing barbers well. <laughs> yeah, no, I love I love my barber, man. So <laughs> hey hey, I tell you, I'm, I'm, before we hang up, it's just something cool. I've prayed. God has God has opened doors in that barber shop. I've had. I've had multiple encounters praying with people in that barbershop, and about a year before I left the shop and went full-time with the church, I'd always wanted to do it, but God stopped my customer flow for like two hours, and someone received the Holy Ghost in my shop. It, wow. was, it was amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. pretty cool. So, hey, they used the boats, so hey, let's, let's use the barbershop. <laughs> let's use the barbershop. Well, thank you so yes, much, sir. Brother Ozzel, for taking the time to be with us on ATB. And uh, we wish you and your church, family, and ministry uh, revival, revival, revival. So, hey man, hey, I love it. I hope this 
progresses and continues, this, this podcast has been a tremendous help in multiple ways. And I've told you directly in so many different areas that I've needed to improve in. And uh, anybody that works in Bible studies, outreach, ministry, reach, reach out to help me. I need help. I'm always learning, wanting to learn. And uh, so thank you for the podcast. Thank you for being available. And thank you for being a friend. All right. I appreciate you, it. Brother. Yes, sir. Lord bless. All right. Lord bless. Yes, Bye.